Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! 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 Good evening. Happy Tuesday. How about them Cowboys? And for the Cowboys fans who listen, over my left shoulder, you see it. I survived the Garrett era. That is the shirt. Hell, that's the motto anymore for us. But we uh, welcome you back to the Huddle Up Podcast. It is Tuesday, January 21st, 2020. There's just two left. How's it going, everyone? Joining us here in the live video. Ovi is also rewriting history. We have that and much more tonight. We are a proud part of NGSC Sports Radio. Make sure you're following along with us on social media. We are at Huddle Up Podcast on both Facebook and Twitter. So make sure you give us a like there. If you're following along on the live video, give it a like, give it a share. We'd appreciate that very much. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports on Twitter. Dave is at Huddle Up Dave on Twitter. And uh, make sure, again, you are following at NGSC Sports on uh, on both Twitter and, uh, and Facebook as well. So we want to welcome everyone in. And uh, we already have some fun comments, but we can't do this show without our co-host, Dave. Dave, how you doing this week, bud? Jimmy, we're doing pretty good. Uh, how about yourself? No football this weekend. I mean, unless you count that uh, scrimmage that happened, but uh, no football this weekend. So it's a little bit uh, bittersweet and sad. We can we can catch up a little bit, type of thing. Nobody. So, how you? Nobody counts the Pro Bowl. If you count the Pro Bowl, I may question uh, all of your uh, football fan credentials because the the Pro Bowl is not so, a real football game. Now. Uh, if there was a skills competition, because of course this weekend is the NHL uh, All Star Weekend and the NHL Super Skills, um, so if you if you enjoy the skills part of it, you're fine. The game itself, awful. Like when when the All Star Game was in Hershey, Dave, the AHL game. Did you go to to either of those? The skills or the game itself? Yes. Like, did we go together? That's how sad this is. I don't even remember. 
but I know I went to the, I know I went to both. The skills was fun. I have never been so bored at what can loosely be called a hockey game in my entire life than, than I was during the actual all-star game. Like that's the only thing I remember from that going like, just let this part be over because <laughs> the game itself is just the word scrimmage doesn't even do it justice. I don't think. Yeah, I left after the first period I was at board, and I sold my tickets to some guy standing outside for ten dollars for the rest of the game because you know where my seats are, so they're pretty sought after. But <laughs> yeah, no, those yeah they I are got, they are good seats. I got uh, I got ten dollars and went to Trogues, I think. So hey, you, I'll leave it at that. But. You made you made off better than I did. I was up in the standing room, um, and uh, and stayed for the whole thing. But uh, yeah, we're we're glad to be back. I, we missed last week. I was a little bit under the weather. We apologize for that. Uh, but we are glad to be back. Obviously, this past weekend, Dave, and, and we're going to talk about it. And uh, and I think uh, I think my uh, my stepdad Jeff, who is a 49ers fan, may be watching right now. Uh, so we want to give a congratulations to him and all the 49ers fans, as well as the Kansas City Chiefs fans, as those two teams advance uh, to the Super Bowl. I believe I saw this that it is the first. Uh, all like all red Super Bowl, I, I believe, is in terms of the uh, uniform matchup. But looking at the two two games, Dave, the the two games themselves, um, really kind of went uh, a little bit different than than I thought. Now I thought that um, Tennessee, you know, was really going to give Kansas City a run for their money. They they did kind of in the first half. Kansas City pulled away. Tennessee, you know, kind of brought it back late. Um, and, and I, and I think there was a, at least from what I saw on Twitter, because, because I actually had stepped away from the, uh, fr- from the game towards the end. Cause I, I, I figured it was over. And then uh, I guess there was a, there, there was a controversial, uh, penalty where they, there was a holding call, but the referee was like grabbing for the flag, like as the, as the play started. And then of course the NFC title game was never really much of a game to begin with the 49ers literally just just steamrolled uh over the uh, the Green Bay Packers um and Dave I think this that game itself um the NFC title game is something you and I have kind of touched on all year that, that we felt that the NFC was was really a really a two dog race all season it was kind of the 49ers and the Saints obviously the Saints got beat um, back in the first round, Seattle was a bit of a fraud most of the year. And I know uncle Mitch doesn't like that word. I questioned all season, just how good green Bay was. Uh, they kind of proved me correct on that one, uh, this past weekend, but the, the 49ers reminded us this weekend why, uh, they were the top dog in the NFC. Yeah, I didn't get a whole lot right uh, in in the NFL preseason wise, but uh, from a gambling Vegas perspective. But I'm sitting on a thirty to one San Francisco ticket, so uh, I, I I might go one in seven, but we're gonna make a boatload of money even with that <laughs> one in seven. So I'm a okay with it. But I think you're you're pretty spot on here. I mean, the lines were the lines were a little low that they were favoring both underdogs, um, but I. I didn't have anything on, on the games. I was a little surprised, um, and, and quite frankly, it's a, it's a shame what Bravel did in the second half there, only giving Derrick Henry two, uh, two or three carries the entire second half. I know you're down and you have to score quick, but Kansas City still can't stop the run. So um, why you aborted that, I have no idea. 
And on the other hand, I think that uh, Green Bay is just, uh, I don't want to say they're in rebuilding, but they're almost in like a strange rebuild, rebuilding phase that they have a lot of veteran leadership. And then everyone else is like second, third year type of status. So um, this Packers team next year could be strangely good, um, like actually be 13 and three versus being a 13 and three, <laughs> nine and seven type of team. So it'll be, um, it should be a hell of a Super Bowl. I think, uh, I don't know if you, we want to get into early thoughts on it or how you want to do that there, Jim, but um, I mean, the line came out one and a half, uh, opened at 51 and a half. It's up to 54 at the moment. So well, Yeah, I think, um, I, I, think I saw you. I don't know if it was on Twitter or if it was on Facebook, but I, I, I do remember I saw uh, I saw that you had that put out there that if you could have gotten in on that opening line, uh, you know, to, to hit the over immediately because <laughs> you, you called it shifting upwards and, and we've already seen that move to begin with and yeah we can we can you know work the the the, the Super Bowl discussion because obviously uh the two games this week and it all ties to the big one um yeah the the thing that I you know Tennessee you know has 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 nothing obviously to be ashamed of they um you know underachieved to start the year with Mar- Marcus Mariota they uh you know either you know, achieved what they wanted to or overachieved in the second half of the season, um, depending how you want to look at it. Ryan Tannehill obviously reinvented himself. Derrick Henry um, has, uh, has has reinforced the uh, belief, at least in my household, that if uh, my wife has you in fantasy football as a running back, uh, the following season you're going to have a great year. Um, so uh, during this offseason, we'll tell you who to draft if you're hitting the fantasy football drafts next season. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the Tennessee Titans obviously have a great future ahead of them. Uh, the question is going to be, like, what, what you know, I, I'm not sure what Tannehill's contract is, but, you know, how how big of a deal do you want to give him? Was this, of a, was this a fluke or was this, you know, the fact that he finally got into a great system um, and, uh, you know, Kansas city, great to see Andy Reid get back to the Super Bowl. You know, um, it, I can safely say that now that he is coaching on an AFC sideline and not that one, just a, you know, less than two hour drive from my house. Um, and yeah, you know, the, the, the 49ers, uh, you know, a great moment there with the passing of the, the NFC title trophy from Mike Shanahan, uh, you know, to his son. Um, it, it, so, you know, now yeah, we look ahead, um, you know, this weekend, you know, is the, the weekend off, if you will, for wrestling fans. It's Royal Rumble weekend. You know that because it's the only non-NFL playoff weekend. Um, and, and, I, and I put out there on our, uh, I put out there on our, on our social media pages, again, at uh, Huddle Up Podcast on, the, on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, we put a poll up. Who do you hope wins Super Bowl uh, LIV? Uh, and 68.2% on Twitter have the, uh, hope that the chiefs win and, uh, and on Facebook, 69% hope the chiefs win. So, uh, at least in terms of the huddle up fan base, uh, the 49ers are the underdog, um, at least as, as, at least in terms of a rooting aspect and, and, um, you know, (laughs) Ryan, the Eagles are not in, uh, are not in, um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I think this. Out of all the matchups we could have gotten, I think this may be the best one. This isn't the one I was hoping for. I was hoping for a uh, Tennessee-San Francisco Super Bowl, um, just because I love the story of Tennessee. But, uh, you know, this one, 
is going to be a great contrast because you have a great defense in San Francisco. Obviously, a good offense there. They can run the ball extremely well. We've seen that. Kansas City obviously can shut down the run. They did a very good job at that uh, against Tennessee this past weekend. But the, the the X factor, because I said I was talking to there's a a coworker of mine is uh, from. Kansas City, near out near Kansas City. And we were talking today, and I was like, look, here's the deal. I'm not going to lie. San Francisco, I think, is the better team. And I don't think you're going to find a lot of people that are going to dispute as a whole team. I don't think uh, – I think San Francisco is the better one. But the X factor is Mahomes, obviously. And and what what can that guy do? You give Andy Reid a couple of weeks. Um, you know, it, it's go- I think it's going to be a great Super Bowl, probably one of the better ones – we've had in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit that, that last point was pretty much as, as spot on as, as you could have that. I think if you line up the entire rosters, you know, quarterback to quarterback, running back to running back, et cetera, I think San Francisco wins 90% plus of the matchups. However, there's a pretty big disparity at quarterback. Now, with that being said, um, do you get the Jimmy G that has eight completions last week, or do you get the Jimmy G that has, and it might have been eight attempts, I could be completely overstating his completions. <laughs> yeah. But. yeah, I think it was uh, 5.2 uh, completions on eight attempts, I think it was this past week. Good enough. Close enough. But uh, <laughs> do you get the Jimmy, or do you get the Jimmy G that uh, plays like he did versus the Saints in that game where he looked damn good? Um, I, quite frankly, I'm going to be more than likely looking at a uh, – at a Jimmy G MVP future, because I think San Francisco is going to win this game at the moment, uh, probably jumping ahead with predictions. But uh, if I can get a hefty price on, on Jimmy G, I mean, it's probably going to be Jimmy G or Kittle that uh, gets your your MVP if San Francisco wins, um, more, more realistic than not. But uh, the, the other thing that you have to look at, too, is I think San Francisco outclasses a lot of Kansas City at the moment. And again, I still have 10 days plus to dig into this. But I think that San Francisco outclasses a lot of uh, Kansas City in just pure strength and uh, physicality. That I think that they're I, I think that they're going to be extremely frustrating on uh, guys like Kelsey. That's going to get uh, a little bit of a head case going. And kind of going back to something that we mentioned earlier, Jim, I, I did hit the over pretty substantially right out of the gate. And quite frankly, I don't know if I like the over or not. Um, at the more I look into it, I, I kind of do like the under in this. Strangely. But uh, I will gladly come back and take an under 54 when I'm sitting with an over 51 ticket once the game lands <laughs> on 52 or 53. Um, Dave Luck doesn't work that way, but it's a darn good position to be sitting in. And, again, anytime you can get closing line value, it's, it's normally not a bad thing because it makes makes the decision a lot easier in a lot of circumstances. So I do like, um, for those those out there that are inclined, uh, I do like playing the first quarter under almost every Super Bowl. It seems to be one of the uh, the things that hit pretty regularly. So um, take that into consideration. But I do think that you're going to get uh, an interesting game plan, and you're going to hear about how good Andy Reid is off a of bye, which is what he technically has. Sure. Um, but here's the real fascinating thing, and I saw it on Twitter, so you know, just sticks in my head. Then got to be true. <laughs> what would happen? If Patrick Mahomes is down twenty-eight to three to Kyle Shanahan, mm. I mean the way, the way the way they've been coming back, though. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is I mean, you know, this this playoff, you know, it's a two two game, uh, you know, two game slate. But you know, Kansas City's gotten behind in in both games. Obviously, way behind against uh, Houston, a, a smaller deficit against Tennessee, uh, but they've been able to come from behind. 
Um, you know, I'm not saying that they're obviously not trying to spot the opponent uh, a lead. I wouldn't spot these 49ers a lead. If 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 uh, anybody in the chief staff is listening, probably not a smart plan there. Um, yeah, Scotty, nobody obviously excited for the Pro Bowl. Uh, Ryan, we'll get to your question here in just a second. That's a really good one. Um, but yeah, I think Dave, you hit a great point. Like whether whether or not you you hit the over or or the under hits that you know, and I think it's also going to depend how much more that number shifts. If it shifts up, you know, then 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 the under is probably a little bit safer. Um, I I think your your bet your best odds and and next week, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna jump on whether it's our normal Tuesday night or if it's actual Super Bowl Sunday itself. Um, because you know that one of the fun things to do there is look at some of the prop bets and stuff like that that you can get into. Uh, as it relates to the big game. Um, but, you know, I think one of your better bets is that the quarterback in this game, whoever wins, is going to be a, a fairly safe, um, you know, fairly safe bet for a potential uh, MVP. Because I think if the Chiefs win, Mahomes is going to have to do a lot of it. And, and because of the way that we saw Kansas City shut down the run against Tennessee, um, I, you know, I think that that – Jimmy G is probably going to have to do uh, a little bit more work than he did this past week against Green Bay. Uh, but Ryan's question, uh, and, and this was actually from ESPN, he said, did the Patriots mess up uh, tr- trading Jimmy G back in 2017? Uh, they got a second rounder in return. I, I can't, I don't remember offhand who they got. Was it Gilmore? It might have been Gilmore. I can't remember who they got uh, as that second round pick. But I've seen this debate. Obviously, over this playoff run and and over the past couple days, really after what you know Garoppolo and the Niners have done, I, you know I I think it's that hindsight thing. And, and Uncle Mitch and I were having a different debate about hindsight opinions. Um, I I think I, I still think I'm going to edge the Patriots made the right choice because, um, sure your your future could have been a little bit more guaranteed, but if you if you don't. Uh, if you don't unload Garoppolo uh, back then, there was a few points in in the last couple of years where, uh, you know, four, five, six weeks into the season, things looked a little shaky for the Patriots. And if you have a Jimmy Garoppolo there behind Tom Brady, I think the calls for a quarterback change, um, you know, an offense change, I think those calls get get a lot bigger a lot louder there's a lot more questions in that locker room we already saw this year what some locker room dissension in New England looked like I don't think I don't think touchdown Tommy was too happy in New England this year which is probably going to lead to him potentially not being there we'll see as the offseason plays out but I think the Patriots made the right choice they made a couple of Super Bowls they won a Super Bowl so um there 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 was no guarantee in Garoppolo, we see he has a great system in San Francisco and is, is doing extremely well. But for me, I think the Patriots still made the right choice in, in, in making that trade back in 2017. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you you got uh, you got that uh, Tommy terrific there that you have <laughs> to you have to keep in. And uh, quite frankly, you look at it too; they got a pretty capable uh, young stud and uh, Jared Stidham right here right now out of Auburn. And uh, he, he's a little raw at the moment, but he's got pretty solid arm strength and yeah. uh, it can be developed into something something pretty good, although the son of a bitch cost me a cover when he threw a pick six <laughs> earlier this year. So uh, he's already on my shit list, uh, sitting right after his uh, his mentor there. But, 
things that only Dave remembers, of course. But uh, you, 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 moral of the story is you, you can't. You're going to have to pay Jimmy and cap space and everything. You realistically, as cheap as Brady has been to the cap space, you could have been looking at a contract. I don't want to say to Brady's level of pay, but you were probably looking at close to seven-figure contract for a backup quarterback, if not more. Um, I don't remember what they were going for a couple of years ago, but you get that into the fact that then you have him just sitting there hanging out. And again, the, the, there's just no need. And, and there's just no, there, there's just really no need when you have Tom, Tom doesn't have injury history for the most part. And you're getting a second round pick. Yeah. And you, you know that the, the inside conversation was how long are you, how much longer are you planning on playing? And Tom told him, and you know it's Tom's team until he doesn't, until it's not anymore, and that's not a change that you you do Eli like in the middle of the year type of thing. Right. We also don't have a Daniel Jones backup ready to go too. So sure, sure. Uh, kind of twofold there. Yeah, and and I mean you look at uh, the situation in Jacksonville this year when when Foles got hurt, Minshew was in, Foles comes back, they went to Foles right away because. You weren't going to have a $30 million or whatever it was, $28 million backup uh, until Foles proved why he was usually a career backup. Um, and now you have all sorts of questions in Jacksonville that they're going to need to address in the offseason. Dave, one other uh, Super Bowl piece of note that I, that I picked up uh, is some of the, uh, the ticket prices um, that are currently available. A 200-level suite uh, in the end zone is uh is going for more in a single ticket um i believe this was is um 600 or maybe this for the whole suite six hundred fourteen thousand dollars. um and then i saw a cheapest ticket available in the stadium this was uh, as of yesterday was around forty six hundred dollars um for the uh for the super bowl um, we'll, we'll check back in on some of those, uh, stub hub ticket prices, uh, next week as well. Um, I think they're gonna, um, I- I'm fascinated by watching ticket prices. One of the strange things that I like to do for, for big events, but, uh, I, I think that they're going to come down. Uh, I think that if you're looking to buy tickets, you wait. I think that you have two fan bases that don't travel particularly well. You have San Francisco that's, uh, not a big traveling fan base. I mean, a very loyal fan base, but there's sure, just not one that sure. travels a lot. And then you have Kansas City fan base that's very damn cheap. So um, nothing wrong with that. Just the fact that you know you don't think about them splurging for the Super Bowl that much. So I think you're going to have a a uh, a ticket price that comes shooting down here. And I wouldn't be surprised that you could get in uh, closer to game time in the fifteen hundred range, if not even lower. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, I, I listened to uh, I listened to the Howard Stern show, and one of his uh, one of his writers is is like originally from Kansas, and he's actually going back to Kansas City uh, to like a group of friends. Like they literally just like sit outside, even if it's like forty degrees. They did it this past weekend, uh, and when watch the games outside uh, as if they were there. Um, and he's and like I mean, he's a guy who probably makes a decent bit of money. He's a, he's a uh, a high level contributor to like arguably the, the biggest show in all of radio. And he's uh, instead of going to the Super Bowl and potentially watching the game, he's flying back and he's going to watch it outside in a parking lot. So, um, it, you know, I think that that leads itself to your point that it's a fan base that might not just spend a lot of money uh, to travel and, and get tickets. I mean, they're obviously very loyal, very loud at home. 
Um, and if you, you know firsthand, Jim, if, if your team's winning, you don't mix it up at all. You got to fear the chair. Exactly. 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 Um, the NFL coaching carousel has wound down for now. All teams uh, have their head coaches. Um, so some assistant jobs that are that are looking to, to to pan itself out. I know we touched on it. I still think the best hire of the offseason uh, it was Ron Rivera to Washington. Any any disagreements there, Dave? Nope. All right, then uh, a way too early look. I, and I, I put this out there after uh, the end of the regular season. I was like, can we just stop with all the uh, all the charades around the first overall pick in the NFL draft? Like the Bengals should already just pick Joe Burrow. The Redskins, in my opinion, should already pick uh, Chase Young, and the Lions should be on the clock at number three. Speed up the uh, the NFL draft process, which. Um, in terms of how cool the draft should be this year, if you missed it, we posted earlier on our social media um, that the draft stage is going to be in the in the fountain at the Bellagio, and the uh, the picks will be taken to the stage by boat. That is awesome. Like you know, uh, Tennessee had a great draft. Like each place where the draft has traveled has kind of stepped up from the previous one. Uh, Vegas is going to be hard to top. I, I think. Maybe the NFL draft should just be in Vegas every year now. Yeah, it's going to be pretty uh, pretty cool to see, but uh, I, I think it's really more of a uh, – obviously, it's publicity stunt with what's coming on with Oakland. But uh, the, since you brought Vegas up and I knew you were going to, what do you think about uh, Dana White's comments about uh, Brady oh, yeah. being the next quarterback in uh, Oakland? And by Oakland, I mean Vegas. But, the, the, uh, the Oakland Jim, Vegas, having, Vegas Raiders? Yeah, whatever the hell you want to call them, fine. But, the, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, having been to Vegas three times since, like, April, May, and I don't have a problem, I promise. Um, <laughs> two of them were for work. Um, but uh, having been there and seen the stadium, this thing is, like, ridiculous. It's fully glass. And you can see into it from the highway, which is like really cool. Wow! Like this stadium is just going to be unbelievable when it's done. Well, and it's it's like, a it's a really like dark, almost mirrored glass, right? Like it's almost it looks like like a, like a black, almost like spaceship in the middle of the desert. It, it looks like the uh, the New Year's Eve ball to some extent, like the way it's in that like wow. uh, octagonish kind of pattern. It is freaking like unreal looking sharp. But the other thing that I can't wait to see is what the ticket prices are in these Oakland Raider games. <sighs> There's talk that, uh, and I talked to a couple of cabbies, Uber drivers, just because all the, the sports guys are talking about out there. And there, there's talk that they're thinking that the upper levels for regular season game are going to be in the mid four figures, like 1500 to $2,000 a seat. Crap. Um, now, again, I, I yeah, don't know if I'd buy it or not. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty big speculation hype, there. The absolute hype behind this team in Vegas is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, like these—it's one of the most valuable brands and 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 looks and uniforms and and all of that in in the NFL. I mean, it's 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 the iconic black and silver. Um, you know, it's 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 arguably the best color combination and uniform in the NFL. Um, you know, and there's a there's a Carolina blue. Well, I, that's why I said arguably. I did say arguably. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's iconic. I mean, it's, it's, it's the Raiders. Everybody knows the Raiders. It's, it's the, you know, it's the black hole. It's the, it's Raider nation. It's the fan base. Like 
it's it it carries an aura about itself. And yeah, I mean, for those that didn't hear what Dana White is is speculating, is that that I I guess he from people he had talked to, or you know that that, that potentially Tom Brady could be uh, the quarterback in uh, in Las Vegas next year with the Raiders. Um, I mean, you want to make a splash when you when you uh, debut in Las Vegas. You want to get people uh, to come out to your games. You know, touchdown Tommy in, in black and silver um, would would certainly do that and would certainly get in, get attention um, on your team because you know there, there's a lot of there's a lot of fan base or a, a lot of franchises that are uh, really you know big name big money franchises that are trying to rebuild themselves. Obviously, like you said, Green Bay is in that process. The Cowboys are the new coaching staff. The Redskins are the new coaching staff. You know, what's going to happen with the Patriots, especially if Brady's not there. So there, there's going to be a lot of storylines next year. And, you know, the Raiders are not going to want to get lost uh, lost in the muck. That would be a great way to do it. Now, I, I, don't, I don't think that is going to happen. I, I personally don't think that is going to be the case. But... Um, man. Yeah, I I agree, Jim. But the other piece uh, that I want to throw out here about the Raiders too is, um, we saw firsthand how passionate that fan base is. Oh yeah. Uh, for the for the night the first year, and you're talking about a hockey team in the desert. <laughs> sure. And now you're gonna freaking sit there and put an NFL team there. I cannot wait to watch how this. this oh, it's gonna I don't, be I don't awesome. Say script flips, but um, this is gonna be something to watch. Yeah, it's it's you know the the eyes of the sports world are going to be uh, going to definitely be on Las Vegas, and uh, you you mentioned hockey and the Knights, and and it's a great transition, Dave. It's almost like we're pros at this now. Uh, you know, the NHL All Star Game this week and a couple days left uh, in uh, in the season before the, uh, the the playoffs begin, and I just want to do a little drop in on the standings here, and then we're going to talk about a guy who is uh, just absolutely kind of rewriting the record books as it, as it pertains uh, to the National Hockey League. But if you look at the NHL right now, the Eastern uh, Divi- Eastern Conference Metro Division, Washington on top, 71 points, Pittsburgh 67, and the Islanders at 63. The Atlantic, you have uh, Boston, Tampa, and Florida. That is that is a team that, uh, you know, when, when Joel Quenville took over, I don't think people expected it to turn around this quick. Now, they are at 59 points. They would not even be a wild card team um, if uh, if they weren't sitting in third in their division. But, um, you know, they, they would potentially be in a playoff spot if the playoffs uh, started today. Carolina and Columbus are your two wild card teams uh, in the east. And then jumping over to the west, in the central, it's the Blues, Colorado, and Dallas. On top of the Central, the Pacific is Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary. Look at Canada making some noise this year. Uh, and then the Coyotes in Vegas are your current two wild card teams in the West. Um, and, and obviously Vegas last week just firing their coach, um, which was uh, which was quite a shocking, in my opinion, uh, turn of events. A guy that took him to the finals in their inaugural year. Last year got screwed by a terrible um, five minute major against the Anaheim Ducks, uh, that, that, or excuse me, the Sharks that changed that series. Um, and then this year in a playoff spot. So, um, it just shows you what the, the, the business of sports, uh, how cutthroat it can be. Um, but Dave, if there's, let, let, let's start in the East. Is there a team that is in those current eight 
playoff spots that you see not making the playoffs? Um, and is there a team on the outside, you know, a Philadelphia, Toronto, Buffalo, that you see, um, you know, making some noise in the second half and finding their way in? I mean, I think your your easiest one to pick in that group it has to be Toronto. I mean, they have a shit ton of talent, and I don't know what's going on there. It's like they forgot that the season started. But, <laughs> right. uh, I mean, they show glimmers of hope, and then they are just, like, lollygagging around again. So, um, I, I don't know really how to answer that question, other than I think you have to look at the talent on the ice. And uh, Toronto is pretty loaded at this point in time, but uh, – Tampa Bay was pretty loaded too, and they're, I mean, finding their way back up the sure. standings a little bit, but they were way down for, for 20 games. But uh, Dave has futures on uh, Vancouver at the beginning of the year, so we're all in for the Nucks. <laughs> yeah, you know, for me, I, I think that Columbus is a team. Obviously, they went through a lot of overhaul uh, from last season to this season, um, and they're just kind of hanging on to that last wild card spot. I could see them just because of inexperience slipping in the second half. I'm really curious to see what the Florida Panthers do. Um, and and I, I still think the Flyers are a team, you know, they're just outside. Um, you know, they, they spent a lot of time on the road in the opening half of the season. They have a, they have a terrible road record, 10-13-2 uh, away from Wells Fargo Center. But at home, they're 16-4-4. Four four. They're the second best team at home in the Eastern Conference of the National Hockey League, third overall. Um, you know, so, and, and I think I saw, uh, just last week when they played at St. Louis that they only have one more game outside of the Eastern conference. So, uh, I think there's a lot of potential for Philadelphia, uh, in the, uh, in the second half of the year, jumping over to the West Dave, um, for me, man, that, that, uh, Philadelphia team, it, it feels like you need to either win like this year or next year, you need to move on from, uh, Borchek and G and you need to get that one like we were, we were down in a game a couple weeks ago and it, it just always feels like Philadelphia has a whole bunch of like second and third tier scorers sure. that they don't have that one like I don't want to say elite score but that one like score that can can even I mean hell even doing what the Jacob Verona is doing for the Caps this yeah. year and just yeah. constantly putting pucks in the net you, you feel like you get G and uh, Borchek that are you know, they, they score their, their you know, eight goals in, in 10 games, but then you just get, like, 20 goals the rest of the year, and <laughs> they, you need that to, to stay up there. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and Drew's always been more of an assist guy, too. So, yeah, they definitely need, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, a generation, there's there's only so many generational talents. But, yeah, like, like a guy like Verano or, or, or somebody that, um, you know, has the speed that you can get the play to and he can make things happen. Uh, jumping over to the West, Dave, um, you know, a, a team that really has disappointed me this year is Nashville. You know, they fired their coach, They, you know, during the first part of the year. Um, it's just weird to see them that far down um, in the standings. Calgary's a team that, that, that was up near the top last year. Um, Dallas has had a lot of personnel issues. So if there's a team for me in the West that, that might not be able to hang on, I think it's the Dallas Stars. There's just been a lot of a lot of noise around the uh, around the Dallas Stars this year, and and I wouldn't sleep on the Blackhawks. They're a team that um, you know has, has struggled to find their identity over the past couple seasons, but they're hanging on. They're only three points out of a wild card spot right now. So um, I you know I, I think the Blackhawks are a team to watch here in the second half. Yeah, you actually took the same two that I was going to. So well done, but. Uh... The, the one thing I will kind of say, and you hit it on a little bit, but I feel like this Calgary Flames team 
is very quiet right now. Like sure. all, everything I, and I haven't paid a whole lot of attention because it's uh, football season, but we shift gears to hockey now pretty much with, with our, our, our wagering and everything. But uh, you, you, you hear a lot in the paper about how, Oh, this Calgary team's down from last year and, and all that. And then you look up at the standings and they're really not that bad off. And the, the question at hand is, is this just a team that's, I don't want to say coasting like uh, a couple of our capital teams have done, um, but is this a team that's, I don't want to say, fully engaged at the moment until it's really time to make that push? And I don't know one way or the other, but uh, another one that I think is going to fall off uh, maybe even further than they have is the, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, not a team that I was super high on at the beginning of this sure. year, but uh, I think it's uh, just they're, they're trending in the wrong direction and, um, I don't think we're going to get a whiteout in Winnipeg in April, so we'll see what I, we'll see what I know, but not much probably. Yeah, John, we'll touch on the uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame here in just a second, uh, but Alex Ovechkin is really um, kind of rewriting everything you think you should know about a guy who's 34 years old um, in the National Hockey League, sitting at uh, 34 goals this season, 50 points through 49 games, um, you know, back-to-back back-to-back hat tricks um, in the in the Caps' last two games before the break. Also, uh, three straight games of multiple uh, goals for the first time in his career. And that, like, that actually, the fact that that stat was a real thing caught me off guard because I'm like, you're telling me a guy who has 692 career goals now has never had three straight games with multiple goals? Um, just shows you how dominant and how consistent he's been. Um, uh, th- this, this past Saturday, he went from uh, being behind, uh, what was it behind Mario, tying Mario, and then passing him, uh, and then uh, tying Steve Eiserman, currently sitting ninth. Um, but there was a a tweet from Rob Carlin, who covers the Capitals with uh, NBC Sports Washington, um, and he tweeted this out the other day. Dave, he said Ovechkin's currently on pace for 55 goals this year. Uh, if he gets there, he'd have 713 on his career. Um, now let's just say he ima- he matches Backstrom and signs a four year extension. That's a total of five years remaining in Washington for Alex Ovechkin. Um, he'd be 181 goals behind Wayne Gretzky. He would only have to average 36 goals a season to beat the record. Reminding everybody, he is currently at 34 through 49 games this year, and and, and Gretzky's goal record has always kind of been one of those records in sports that has just seemed impossible to reach but we're sitting here Dave realistically speaking as as numbers work themselves out that barring any lengthy suspension or injury there there's potential for Alex Ovechkin to set the all-time goals record which in today's NHL is just ridiculous yeah, I mean, that's one of those, like you said, it's one of those numbers that you're like, oh, this is never going to get touched. I mean, and then you level it up with Gretzky's total points, and that's the insane number. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I think you have to look at Ovi and say that he has a chance. I mean, he's got the he's got the frame that's going to be able to put up with the wear and tear. That, that's half the battle in the NHL, I think, mm-hmm. is you got to be you got to have the frame to, to be able to take the hits and all that type of stuff. But, I mean, you got to be realistic that he's, we've been very lucky with his health. Absolutely. And he's probably got to go six or seven years to to get there. And I mean, I would gladly be wrong, 
Um, but you, you got to figure that you're going to get something to happen because it's been pretty, uh, pretty blessed so far. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and I mean, it, and I think the Capitals priority now that you have Backstrom, I think when you saw Backstrom's contract, hope he's as good as gone. And with the way that Samsonov has played this year, the way that Vitek Vanacek has played in Hershey, um, I, I, we're definitely seeing the end of Braden Holpe's career uh, in Washington. The only question left, <laughs> the only question left is, do they trade him before the draft or before the uh, deadline? And I, and I know from following uh, a lot of the media around Washington, they don't want to. The plan is for them to roll with the two goalies they have. Um, and then let Holtby go in free agency, but you always have to play that. But you don't know what if there's going to be an injury between now and the beginning of March, and you don't know what kind of deals are going to be presented to you between now and the end of March. And like I said, Vanacek is playing out of his mind in Hershey. You have a guy like Phoenix Copley that you know could be a backup in the NHL. Samsonov looks ready. the the next uh, The next four to six weeks. Uh, as a Cavs fan, I think are going to be very interesting and very stressful as it relates to the goaltender position. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, I've been, uh, you and I have been talking about Sam Sonoff for what, four years now? I yeah, think we something were like that. Both really, I, I know I was pumped on draft day when they got him. And that was one of the few that I've been, I don't think I've been that excited for a draft pick for one of my teams since the uh, Panthers drafted uh, Keekly. So, exactly. Uh, pretty good pick there. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, personally, I don't really care one way or the other. I mean, I think you you let him walk at, at free agency. You get literally, I don't want to say literally nothing back, but uh, you got to make sure that what you get back doesn't uh, doesn't disrupt the mojo. And it could be something, too, that, you you know, you take the the leaders in, in uh, Ovechkin and Backstrom and you say, you know, you got to, what, what's your feeling on if we move him? And if you think it affects the chemistry of the team, you can't. You know, you probably include yeah. Carlson in that too, just because he's been there forever. But um, you got a team that's potentially able to win right now. And uh, yeah. doing that to get two draft picks, I mean, you probably get a first and a fourth, first and a second. I don't know um, how big of a demand there'd be. There'd probably be a really big demand, but um, I don't know that it's worth it to screw up a chemistry of a team, although it seems like they play pretty well for Sammy too. So who knows? Yeah. And I, I mean, I think they do also want to, whether he'd be the starter going into the postseason or not, obviously hope he's been a little shaky as of late. Um, but much like 2018, if your backup doesn't start the playoffs, well, you have Mr. Reliable there, a guy who uh, obviously uh, did anything and everything and, and made the, the save of the century, the, uh, the save of the decade uh, officially from the from the NHL dot com, um, you know, in in game two there versus Vegas, uh, you hear it every time our show starts. That's the clip that will forever be there. Um, you know, it, I I I think that the Cavs do want to stay uh, with what they have now because I think they they would like to win another one uh, with Holpe here. Real quick, Dave, we have just one other um, one other thing. We'll hit on it quick. Maybe it'll carry over. Uh, into next week, but John asked about the the Hall of Fame voting, uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame, obviously electing in uh, Derek Jeter today, uh, almost unanimously, one vote shy, and then Larry Walker as well. Obviously, the storyline there is is everybody is up in arms um, about the fact that uh, you know Jeter was not a unanimous vote, and I'm like, here, like here's the thing, uh, the the argument to me or the debate to me isn't whether or not. Jeter 
could or should have been unanimous. Um, I think the problem is just the way that, that, that maybe the whole thing's structured. Um, because, and, and I put a post out that, you know, you have guys like Ken Griffey Jr., Cal Ripken, there's, there's multiple others that were not unanimous votes. To me, how do you not have Ken Griffey Jr. probably, uh, arguably, the, the most talented um, player to ever play the game? You had Cal Ripken, who was the Iron Man, who, you know, um, consistent gold glove winner, um, you know, great in the field, reliable at the plate. Um, you know, if guys like that can't be unanimous votes, uh, you know, to me, I, I don't know that Jeter should have been comparatively speaking. Now, should all of them have been? Maybe that's the debate. And maybe that's something we can dig into even as we get closer to baseball season um, and, and we start to, to gear up for that. But, um, you know, Jeter's in the Hall of Fame. There was never a doubt that he should have been a first ballot. Larry Walker getting in, uh, obviously a tremendous ball player as well. Um, you know, I, I just think maybe that the the electoral system um, for the for the for the baseball Hall of Fame is is really where the problem lies. Not so much that the Jeter wasn't a unanimous. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you there. Uh, first thing that I that I really want to mention prior to uh, going on this tangent is uh, <laughs> e- e- next year is going to be very interesting for the Hall of Fame because the three or four like high pro- high profile candidates are are all not first ballot Hall of Famers. Um, from everything that I've seen. So does this open the door for a Kurt Schilling, a Barry Bonds, a Roger Clemens to get in? That could be very interesting next year. The steroid year. (laughs) uh, It could be. Juice up, baby. But uh, the the other thing that, you know, this kind of goes along the lines with the Heisman voting. And one of the things that just, I I don't want to say baffles me or pisses me off beyond belief, but you have a, a number of people that are registered Heisman voters and haven't voted in five, 10, 15 years. Right. Um, they should have their credentials revoked if you don't vote like every three years. And I don't know what the number is, um, but if you don't vote every three years, you should have your credentials revoked. If you don't vote for Derek Jeter, Ken Griffey, you obviously know how I feel about Griffey. Sure. But um, if you don't vote for some of these guys and you cast a vote for JJ puts, <laughs> I mean, he had one vote today. Right. Like, there's if an agenda. You don't cast a vote for Derek Jeter. You should have your credentials revoked. Period. Like I'm, a, I'm not a Yankees fan by any sense of the imagination. But the fact that that man didn't get 100 percent of the votes is a sham. The fact that Griffey didn't get 100 percent of the votes is a sham. Yeah, 100 percent. Unless they're counting it that, the, that three of the guys for Griffey didn't send in ballots, you know, something like that. I can't imagine true, but like the. The fact that you have people saying that Ken Griffey Jr. does not deserve to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame, or you have one idiot that said that Derek Jeter is not a Hall of Famer, yeah, that right there should be enough to revoke his credentials. Because, I mean, it's not saying, oh, I'm going to vote for him next year. You're saying literally to every player on that ballot, yes or no, do they deserve to be in the right. Hall of Fame? And you said no to Derek Jeter. Right. I mean, it's, like, it's, 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 a, it's pretty much a yes or no question. Like, is this person a Hall of Famer? Yes. Or is this a person a Hall of Famer? No. And you have, you have that choice to say yes or no. So if, if they're not this year, it's not like they're playing next year. <laughs> you know, it's not like they're coming out of retirement to play one more year to prove their case. You know, their, their career is their career. So either they're a Hall of Famer or they're not. And I get that, that, 
you know, year to year, depending who gets in, you know, on their first ballot, then next year it changes the scope a little bit. But if you didn't vote, like, you know, like, because, you know, you can only get so much vote or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. Next year is going to be really interesting. Um, and, and unfortunately for Schilling, and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm going to get out ahead of this one for next year, um, politics, unfortunately, might hurt Kurt Schilling. Should Kurt Schilling be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Will he be? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe he, maybe he needs to stay a little quiet on the political front uh, for the next 365 days um, to uh, to you know maybe get himself into a, a little bit of better graces when it comes to the uh, comes to the voters. But uh, that'll remain to be seen. And Dave, yeah, that- Jim, I think uh, I think one of my favorite things to do with the Hall of Fame ballots is just to look at the list. It's like, oh my God, names from the past, like the one that got me today. Um, Paul Canerco from the White Sox. Oh, there's a name. Like two and a half percent of the two and a half percent of the the votes, and you're like, you think about it, and you're like, man, he had some good seasons. And then you're like, is he Hall of Fame worthy? And but you know what I mean, like you yeah, go back yeah. and nostalgia, but um, just some of the names that I, I think the, the one they're just so cool. The one that really struck me, and and just how far down he was, I think it was like sixteen point two percent of the vote was Sammy Sosa and I, I just remember man the, the 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 summer the home run summer between McGuire and Sammy Sosa um you know as a person that had, had loved baseball growing up and then I stopped playing and um you know and it just I, I was I was just I wasn't as hot on baseball as I as I was when I was a little kid but that's the summer the home run summer man that that like was such a huge part of of uh of of my like sports fandom and to see Sammy Sosa that far down and and I mean truth be told like that that is just a small part of his career um and and you know obviously the the potential steroid use and all that kind of stuff so there's a lot that goes into it but it just stunned me from from the age group that I'm in stunned me how far uh Sammy Sosa was down but yeah we'll uh we'll dig obviously more into baseball uh as we progress over the next couple of months um, and then the last thing here, Dave, and, and maybe this is something that we'll uh, just kind of leave as a little bit of a of a teaser for next week, um, since there won't be a ton of of game discussion um, to, to to go into. We'll get our official Super Bowl predictions. Um, but a, a friend of mine uh, on Twitter, Scotty, I know he was uh, was watching earlier, may still be in the live video here. Um, it was a, it was a topic that was brought up on on first take on ESPN and it, who is the most valuable player in all of sports and um, you know my 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 earliest response you can find it on my Twitter page at Big Jim Sports we had a we had a response on Facebook Andrew said um, on and off the field probably Le, Le, LeBron James with his social and economic impact and his branding um, but you know maybe this is something because we are kind of nearing the end of the hour here uh, for this show. So maybe this is something that uh, that we'll, we'll kind of put on the back burner, keep it warm, we'll think about it for a week, and uh, and we'll come back with our answers next week. How does that sound? Sounds like a great idea, but I think the one thing that we have to do is you have to define what most valuable means. Is it most valuable to their team or most valuable to, um, I don't want to say the greater good, but uh, kind of, philanthropy and that type of stuff like uh define most valuable and then i think we can 
we can uh, definitely argue to hell on that. But uh, initial gut reaction, it has to go with Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, my my first gut is is Alex Ovechkin. Just because you love him, you know, and 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 you know, I think that plays into it. So you know, maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll brainstorm off air and uh, maybe discuss a better way to attack what does valuable mean. Uh, and then we'll hit that next week. So that gives everybody a reason to come back. Um, but, uh, Dave, let people know uh, where they can follow you on Twitter. We're going to close this thing out and uh, look forward to a weekend of calm in the in the football world before our uh, last big one in the NFL next week. Yeah, we're at, uh, we're at Huddle Up Dave on uh, Twitter. And, uh, again, we'll, we'll uh, enjoy the weekend off this weekend. But uh, – you got 780 props that you got to dig through to find those 20 or 30 that are worth betting on. So um, use your time wisely this weekend. But uh, maybe uh, since we, we have a little bit later week, maybe Jim and I will do an in-person live show and I'll uh, break Jim's camera and set up next week. So we'll see what the uh, we'll see what the schedule allows and the uh, the females are on board at my household and see what happens from there. But uh, we'll we'll see what we can do. That'd be fun to go through. 30 or 60 props on the air and uh, see what see what shakes out and some kind of contest between us. I, I smell in the works here that, that Dave can win. Nice one. All right, Dave, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Maybe we'll see you right here next week in studio. That's going to do it for us, and uh, we appreciate you listening. I know there was a lot of, uh, live, lot of interaction, a lot of live viewers this week. We appreciate that, and uh, we hope we can need to grow that audience as well. Make sure... You follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Huddle Up Podcast. Dave is at Huddle Up Dave, and I am at Big Jim Sports. You can follow along with our home network, NGSC Sports, at NGSC Sports on both Facebook and Twitter, and at NGSCSports.com, where we never stop. Until next week, uh, we, again, we also stream the show. I forgot to mention at the top, we stream daily uh, and live over at LeebSports.com, a proud affiliate of this show, L-E-E-I-B-Sports.com. And uh, until next week, folks, enjoy it. Uh, Enjoy the Pro Bowl, if that's your kind of thing, I guess. Uh, But uh, until next week, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win.